0: Welcome to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast with one simple vision, build up become strong. So welcome back to another Strong Towers Podcast. This is John and I'm here with Tom and Mike as usual. And we've got a special guest for you today which is kind of the theme throughout this challenge series, that we've tried to broaden the conversation to have it not just be the three of us staring at each other in the room with the microphones. And so this week's special guest is our good friend Todd Bramblett. Todd, you want to say hi? Uh-oh. That's all you get. We're, we're going to cut you out <laughs> That's now. That's it. Uh, <laughs> oh, I've that. <laughs> practiced that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded good. It sounded natural. Yeah. Uh, as, we've been, as we kicked off this series on challenge, we were talking about the experience that Tom, Mike, and I had on that Ragnar race. And we realized there were three categories of challenge that we really wanted to highlight. There may be a fourth. I don't know. There could be a fifth, sixth, or seventh, but maybe that's just trying to string this topic out too long. Uh, but there's definitely three that we wanted to deal with, which was physical challenge, mental challenge, and spiritual challenge. And Todd was gracious enough to give us some of his time today so that we could talk about spiritual challenge in particular, uh, What's the what that has looked like in our lives up to this point, more importantly, where do we continue to desire to be challenged spiritually? And Todd has the benefit of having a couple extra miles on us, and that's part of the reason why we wanted to have this conversation with him, is that he's just had more time to figure some of this out. And he'll be the first to admit, I don't think I'm stealing his thunder, uh, that he doesn't have it all figured out, but just from my experience with him, he's got a fair amount figured out. And so as younger men one of the things that we've also talked about here at strong towers is the need to ask questions the need to seek wisdom not necessarily you know complete concrete answers but to seek wisdom from others that are a little bit further down the road than we are either because they've had a lot of success or because they've fallen in a lot more potholes than we have yeah. but to ask questions as often as we can and so, Todd, thank you for being here and, and letting us ask you questions and being part of this conversation, and we're just excited to see what comes from it.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me. I have fallen in a lot of potholes,
0: <laughs> gotten, <laughs> gotten out of most of them so
2: far. Awesome. <laughs> well, so I think, Todd, you know, the reason that, that you came to mind for the three of us is that you have been very much a spiritual mentor to us, and I know that, that you have had that role for a number of other guys as well but I'm I'm assuming that hasn't always been the case, right? So how about a little bit of background on on sort of where you were on this idea of being challenged spiritually and kind of how you've gotten to this place of being mentor. Wow.
1: It's a good question. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can size my answer. So I came from a difficult background as you guys know. My father wasn't fathered well. He was troubled, alcohol, violence, you name it. Because he didn't have a father that fathered him, he certainly had no idea how to father us, my sister and my brother. And by God's mercy, and I mean that in every literal sense, I I became a believer through Young Life Ministry at 16 and was very much radically affected by understanding that there's a father who cares about you Mm -hmm. it's it was clearly a a god thing in the sense that my mind opened up and believed something that i can't understand why i actually accepted that so i set off at 16 years old trying to figure out what's it look like to find god fairly aimless i mean to be fair (laughs) for the most part it, but given my personality, a little OCD, I, st- I thought, well, if 30 minutes, I was taught to do a quiet time, to seek God by setting aside some time for a devotional time or quiet time. And Young Life used to put out these, uh, I can't remember the name of them, but they were 30 day for the month devotionals. Okay. And I mean, it's the only thing I knew, the only thing I was taught. So I started doing that in 30 minutes, became an hour. I went to a Christian college the next year and... An hour became two, which became three, and I would feel like I, I guess I'll say Martin Luther. If I didn't have three <laughs> hours of quiet time, I was always I was troubled as I'll get out mm-hmm. because I didn't understand God. I'll say much like I do now as a father, I thought of him more as he had a huge checklist, and I was definitely not meeting the the mark. But I thought, well, I'll just try a little harder, so I'd add another half an hour, then I'd add another <laughs> half an hour. But it, it, was, it was very much, God, God's perfect, he's righteous, and I need to like, get with the program. Which was, ironically, that actually was my father's view, right? I picked up my view of God the Father from my father. Yeah. My father wasn't a believer, but I do know when he walked in the door, we would scatter because something wasn't right. Whatever we were supposed to have been doing was just not going to be right. So I became a believer, and as every person in the human race does, we transfer our view of our human father straight on to God. And now God walks in the room, and I'm not right. My room's not right. My quiet time's not right. Nothing's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, was a, it was a transference that I don't think anyone really can stop. It just happens. But it definitely happened in a big way for me. And that start with God took me, honestly, decades before I unlearned that view of the Father Mm -hmm. and learned a a better view. So working
0: harder didn't do it? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Because I feel like we try that a lot, right? That's (laughs) pretty much the classic masculine response.
1: Yeah, working harder... Boy, this is a really great subject because I've got a lot to say about it. <laughs> of of all the things that I can think that I actually did very wrong, I'll say the right thing about it was my heart, however messed up my actual practices were, was to find God. I had this mm-hmm. strong urge that He's there for me, Yep. even though I didn't seek Him in a way that probably... Was very helpful it actually was hurtful in fact so much so that i had a an anxiety attack that went on for two solid years wow i was medicated to go to sleep at night it was bad so this ocd perfectionistic father which my human father was and now god became was i was just say torturous it was torture i had this what I'll call nervous breakdown time. It was it was really difficult. I went to lots of counselors. My dad again was violent. It's I won't tell stories, but it was difficult. Mm-hmm. So how how do you how do you go from that view of the father to I guess I'll say where I am now, and I expect in thirty years to be way better off. So I'm not saying I'm I've arrived, but right. my view of the father is so radically different now. But I started by doing what I knew, which was do a quiet time a lot and read the Bible and try mm-hmm. to ingest what seemed to be true mm-hmm. and and take it into my mind, and that's how I started. So you
3: talked about doing these things, such as taking your quiet time and, and moving forward and that. I think for me, when I think about the other two, sections of this, of this series, when we talk about physical and, and mental, I think it's been easy for me to kind of create a checklist, right? Like, Hey, if I want to get stronger physically, I'm going to go bench press this day at so many, so much weight. And then I'm going to continue to increase after that. Right. Totally. And I think spiritually, it's just a harder thing for me to grasp. Like, I don't want to say checkpoints or even milestones, Mm -hmm. but how do you create that, those challenges in order to see, I don't want to say see improvement or in order to see like, you know, growth, but it's hard for me to kind of like put that into a a I don't say checklist, but yeah, you you know a, a program, right? Exactly. Like yeah. you know, it's easy for me to say, hey, all right, this is what this is. Take CrossFit or something. You know, this is what you're going to do in the next you know 90 days to see improvement on your deadlift, your your squat, and your and all these different movements. When I go into when I think about spiritual spiritual challenge, I look at all right. Here's the challenge. Here's the, here's the spiritual aspect of it. How do I improve in those marks? And I think you nailed something right there when you talked about, hey, I, st- I started with baby steps, right? I started right. with this quiet time here. And how do I move forward from there? I think that's where I'm I'm looking at for yeah. the next steps, if
2: that makes yeah. sense. Well, and I think it is growth in a way. You know, we don't want to say it's growth like I'm trying to chart out right. what my path is going to be. And, and I don't necessarily, you know, because I think the tough thing with spiritual challenge is how do we even really know where we want to. To be, I don't think when you were in college and, and you're, you found your quiet time growing to three hours, right. that you were like, "Well, I'm doing this so that in 30 years, I look like Todd does today." You know, it's harder for us to mm-hmm. to cast that vision out of what the goal is or what we want to look like, right? And so it's not a traditional growth like I'm going to put in my time and I'm mm-hmm. going to do these things and, and this is where I'm going to get yeah that's a good point yeah
1: it's a tricky thing, right it's this is uh, hopefully I can say this in a way that will make sense it, it does seem like those practices work in every other area of life right mm-hmm. you uh, i I used to lift weights a ton you know you go in you know if I did twelve reps the last time, if I can push it to thirteen this mm-hmm. next time, then if I keep doing that and you know, add weeks and it becomes months becomes years, it actually works it yeah. does work right yeah. right. right? And so, um, in this arena, what I think is how I can say this maybe best is that these practices, uh, be they prayer, meditation, quiet time in a particular point, those that have hung around me at any time at all know that I'm very much into Brother Lawrence practicing the presence, living in a continual state of sensing, recognizing God's presence with yeah. us. These things really matter. I think what's interesting about the spiritual challenge is that while we're doing them, in and of themselves, they are only interesting practices. Mm. But somewhere in there, because God is reading your heart's intent, he's giving you what you're after, even though the practice itself didn't do it. Mm. That's good. If I, does that make sense? Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. It's hidden in the practice, and you think the practice is the point. And in the process, the Holy Spirit hides himself in this very simple practice, and you end up where you wanted to be, but not quite exactly like you thought you would, mm-hmm. like weightlifting. Yeah. Yeah. so like, like, take a weightlifting just as an example in weightlifting if you were decided I'm going to or CrossFit or whatever my boys think that you know old school weightlifting <laughs> is seriously passe <laughs> <laughs> CrossFit's all there is that matters but yeah it's a separate subject <laughs> uh, so in the process of weightlifting you might gain tremendous growth in self-discipline, and that actually might be the better thing than the weightlifting result mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going yep. to the military academy, you know, uh, there's a crazy, amazing speech by a naval admiral who talks about the ten things he learned. Um, mm-hmm. Make your bed every yeah. day. If you want to change the world, make your bed every day. And so, you, what these these little practices seem silly in and of themselves, but they're building a, a, a weight of glory, a character that the Holy Spirit is using. And so can you do it without the practices? Kind of not. Right, right. Because the practice does help create the space for the thing that's being bu- built below the practice. Mm-hmm. I hope that makes some sense.
2: So you you talked about, I'm just going to work harder and I'm going to keep adding on to the time that I'm, I'm putting in and, and how that really wasn't getting a huge payout. But now... It, engaging in those practices does move you along the path. And so where does the shift need to come from? I'm just going to work harder in this area to, because this for me, it has always been a struggle just kind of with my background and engaging in some of those spiritual disciplines and not having it uh, have that super religious checklist kind of spirit, but allowing there to be, you know, an actual spiritual experience in those things. And and I find that I kind of always waver back and forth between I need to do X, Y, Z more. And then I, I, my spirit starts to reject that as purely religious facade. And so then I back off and and now I'm not hardly engaging in those things at all. And, you know, and, and so I sort of cycle back and forth between those.
1: Totally. I, I, I'm with you I've struggled with ramp it up stop ramp it up (laughs) stop because I'm getting sideways as I ramp it up I get confused as to what's Mm. the point right Yeah. Yeah. so it seems to me the I don't know what to say the, the kryptonite to keep this thing from going sideways the thing that keeps it that takes the energy out of the doing and the the drudgery and the law keeping the thing that that nullifies it, is as we're doing the things we're doing, underneath, hopefully, there's a personal relationship. And I mean very personal, very individually personal with the Father and Jesus and the Spirit. Mm -hmm. That as we're there, we've put ourselves in a place to do the practice, but underneath, if that quiet, personal peace is building that keeps it from turning into a law because Mm -hmm. law-keeping is what we tend to want to do, right? Right. We want to—it's like the the teaching we do on the two trees, the problem Jesus came to solve. Our natural bent is to, by the flesh, make it happen ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so while we're trying to—we do apply the flesh and we do use disciplines, we're trying to create a space for the Holy Spirit— to create the personal connection. And while I did ramp it up, stop, ramp it up, get too much, stop, during those ramp it up, stop periods, underneath the Holy Spirit was driving a turn in my relationship and understanding with the Father where it was becoming more and more personal and I wasn't quite aware of it happening. Mm -hmm. So the practice was helping me, but not in the way I thought it was helping me, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. good. Another thought on this, and this is this is where I think, if I can say something more about the personal side, um, whether I went to counseling, I went to seven counselors early on because of all the trouble, or was doing insanely long quiet times. I spent a couple of decades, two and a half decades, from 16 to 40, working very, very hard until it as a believer, trying to not be explosively angry with my children. And and I was doing better and better and better. And these practices were helping me some, for sure. I had a quiet time. I had accountability group on Monday evenings with two guys for 20 years. All those things were helping. But there was an event that happened in my life without getting into details with it. And I was out in the woods one day praying at length, and I asked a question where I heard the father respond. I I asked it, in, I'll say in one side of my brain, and I could hear the answer in the other side. And I thought, that is definitely weird and not supposed to happen. <laughs> um, but I decided, okay, I'll, I'll entertain this. Let's see where this goes. And I'll say that I'm sure the father had been speaking, but I, I'm quite Western-minded. I like wisdom and knowledge and understanding and etc and so this was a very soft non-western thing to have happen where i ask a question he answers that answer changed my life radically as i went back to my men's group and they i i explained here's the question i asked here's the answer i got and i had four pages of question and answer they read it and they were they were blown away i was blown away and they said this is amazing you got to do this again yeah so I went out the next weekend and and tried to quiet myself and listen to the Father. That started a process in me that radically, radically transformed my life. Mm-hmm. I would go out. I would hear the Father speak. And now instead of reading, the uh, Holy Spirit wrote the Bible, and it's critically important, and I read a lot, and I tried to memorize Scripture. But there's nothing that matches, to, as far as I'm concerned, God speaking to us personally himself as a father. Mm. That ch- started changing my life faster than anything I had done the prior decade. And in about one year, probably two decades worth of transformation had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the prior two decades were needed. I don't think mm-hmm. I could have skipped them. Yeah. Right. But that one year, and then it's gone on from there, made enough of a difference where He became real to me as a father, where before I could hear others say it, I could see it written, I could hear sermons, and I could mentally grasp it, but I couldn't feel him as a father until he started speaking to me like a father.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Todd, one of the things that I heard you say as you were talking about this very pivotal moment in your life was that there's this incredible internal transformation taking place as you and God are connecting in a way that you never have before. But you also said that it was happening in the company of two very good friends, that you had this time with God and then you had this time with them to process. And so I was hoping you could just shed a little bit of light on what this has looked like in your life. This is there a need for others as we pursue spiritual challenge? Is this something that we can do alone? Is this something we're supposed to do alone? What what have you found as you've as you've done this?
2: Hmm.
1: Another good question I See if I can have an answer that's worthy of that question. Um, to me, it's like Solomon. There's a time for everything, the mm-hmm. time for love, a time for for hate, the time for peace, a time for war, and in that sense, it seems like the the time in the closet you know, that Jesus talks about and and being quiet with the Father by mm-hmm. yourself is critical. But then you can't live in the closet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you're a monk, um, <laughs> but um, then you then you come out and you operate with people. So you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. It it's important to have both. They're they're both important. Right. So I would go in the closet, and sometimes I would think the Lord had said something, and I would come back and say, "Here's what I think He said," and they would sometimes say, "That's awesome," and I don't know about that one. That seems way off or weird. <laughs> yeah. And it was, you know, a shared joy is a, is a double joy. A shared sorrow um, can be halved. So the joy and the interesting adventure of it was better with others. It was, so it was just, it was my guys' group as well, frankly, as my family, my children, my wife. They saw right. this happening. Yeah. And we got to all kind of experiment with like, where is this going? Because none of us had heard of this before.
0: Right. So I think it might be possible to hear where we've gotten to now as, if I could paraphrase it incorrectly, so there was a long time where I didn't really know what to do, and I was kind of confused, and then I figured it out, and so now I've been doing the same thing ever since. And I have a hunch that that's not what you would say is the case. Is that correct?
1: That is correct.
0: So there's no process, right? There's no step one, step two, step three, that we can all follow and achieve the exact same result that you have? Because that's obviously what we all prefer, right? Is step-by-step instructions that are easily replicable and scalable, and that, that's not how this works.
1: <laughs> well, um, you, John, you know me well, so you kind of baited me into this one. I love process, actually. i I didn't necessarily mean to, but I feel like at some level, the lord handed me a machete and i kind of bushwhacked my way through and now i'm trying to turn around and say hey it's over this way D- that one right there doesn't seem to work out very well so i have i've have tried to come up with stuff that is repeatable yeah so hearing the father's voice is i don't know how a person can get to the level of intimacy that jesus had and that some saints before us have have demonstrated Whether it's Brother Lawrence or Saint Teresa of Avila, and okay, I know these are Catholics, but hey, Catholics are saints, right? There's, Mm -hmm. there's, we're we're all believers. Mm -hmm. Being Protestant, sometimes we think, oh, the Catholics—they're kind of that's also passe. But those those saints, they they had found a way to God that they then turned around and said, hey. Hey, come this way. It turns out it's over here. We stumble around like we're in the dark sometimes. If you find light, you want to bring people along. You want to yell back and say, come this way. There's a lot of things that I did that didn't work out so well. But some that have, I've tried to pass along. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So walking in the, I like the woods. Uh, A buddy of mine, Paul Mulgrew, likes a cup of tea at a desk. Whatever it is that works, and he's got this little tree fort. It barely is standing, actually. It's, I don't know if I want to go up in the thing. <laughs> Looks a little rickety to me, but he loves his tree fort. <laughs> but, you know, whatever works for you, wherever your space where you feel the, your soul have the most space to hear from the Father, do it. That's, yeah. that's my thought. Yeah. But but then there are practices, uh, Brother Lawrence is being one, practicing the presence where, where a person intends to turn their mind to recognize that God is with them at many, many moments during the day. Father Frank Laubach did the same thing. um father? Yeah, Father Frank Laubach. Anyway, there's a number of people that have found this to be true. So once the father started speaking, and I realized as I was reading, oh whoa, there's a, there are people way, way further down the road than me. I'm gonna try to repeat some of what they did. The the practice in the presence definitely has helped as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite quotes on this topic of spiritual challenge and the spiritual life, uh, a guy named Howard Macy said, the spiritual life cannot be made suburban, which I feel like is just very fitting as we sit in the midst of you know the the D.C. suburbs. Right. That there is yeah. this desire to cultivate and control and create processes, right? That we make all the houses look the same, and we make all the tree-lined avenues look the same, and we make the shopping centers all look the same. Right. And it gives everybody what they want. And he goes on to say that, The spiritual life not only cannot be made suburban, it is in fact always frontier. And we who live in it must accept and even rejoice that it remains untamed. And it feels like, Todd, that's that's kind of what you're getting at here, is that this really spiritual challenge is really an invitation into an adventure that we only have, and this is probably overstating it, we only have nominal control over but that as we start to pursue this sort of intimacy with God, this sort of close, personal, creative conversation, that he kind of takes the reins, which he's always had anyway, and invites us out into the woods or into a tree fort or wherever. But then at that point, we're truly in a place where he's writing the script and we're just seeing the next step unfold as it goes. Is that?
1: I think that's right. I think as one of the challenges I see with any practice that can become, the practice becomes the end instead of a pursuit of something else. As believers, we're in the process of sanctification. So what what is sanctification? I think the simple way I would say it is, as believers, we're created spirit, soul, and body. Well, the body's going to die but going to be made new again for believers. The spirit's been made new. The war is in the soul. And the soul is battling between the flesh that wants to keep its ground and the spirit that wants to gain ground. And so any practices where the flesh, I'll say my own strength of will that I choose to put in place where I can make a willful choice and get up and do some practice every day, the awesome part is that underneath that practice the spirit can be doing something amazing. The difficult part is that the flesh can say I'm getting this done here. Look mm-hmm. at this. I am definitely hitting it out of the park here. I'm at 82 days of this thing at this point. <laughs> right. And then the then now you've got a trap, right? Yeah. So this is the this is the balance and the and the, the struggle with any practice can become the end instead of a means to the end. Mhm. And you have to be on guard for the flesh now taking over and thinking right. practice is the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: And I think that's the way we come back to where we're framing this question, right? When we first introduced this topic and we talked about how do I challenge myself as a man, right? These things, these, these ways to challenge ourselves is I feel how we grow. And I think we can say it's easy to challenge ourselves physically. It's easy to challenge ourselves mentally. And I'm wondering if the way we're framing this question the is not so much how do we challenge ourselves spiritually, but how do we spiritually challenge ourselves? I don't know if it's the way we're wording that mm-hmm. or the way that comes through, because that's what I'm picking up right now, right? It's not so much a a how do I improve spiritually and challenge myself to improve. I don't know if I'm going down a different path, but it's almost like in the wording and how we're wording that, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if you guys are, if you're seeing that as well, or if that's something that's coming up for you, or it is for me at least that, hey, you know, this is a spiritual challenge that I got to improve on myself so much as, you know, how do I challenge myself spiritually? Right.
1: Y- what that makes me think of, uh, I th- I think if I'm picking up what you're saying, Mike, is that, let me say it this way. In the gr- the guys group that I was in, we struggled constantly with what's our part and what's God's part. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. kind of the question, right? right. Yeah. yeah. What's my part and what's God's part? We frequently would come back to this. You could be wrong, but it's what we came back to all the time. My part is to show up. Yeah. I had to make myself show up and yeah. put mm-hmm. myself in a place where God would do his part. He, If I didn't show up regularly, and I mean more or less daily, mm-hmm. certainly multiple times weekly, if I never showed up, it, it seemed like I wasn't putting myself in a place for him to do the work. Yeah, We kind of came back to that. We said show up. That's right. our main yeah. thing, and right. showing up matters mm-hmm. not we can say well hey any spiritual practice can become a trap in and of itself so we're not going to do any spiritual practice <laughs> right yes. and that's the worst trap actually that's yeah. actually a worse trap than the trap of i showed up and then i made the showing up the problem right mm-hmm. showing up and then every so often backing off and saying, you know what? and i would do this because i have a small problem with ocd once <laughs> <in> a <month. laughs> I, I actually would stop showing up for a month because i could feel that that building in me, turning it into the law.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think that's good too, you know, talking about being spiritually challenged versus challenging ourselves spiritually, you know, and, and trying to keep that right perspective so that whatever the tools we're using don't become that trap, right? That, that we're, sort of the opposite of going to the gym or whatever of where we're working on something we're in essence allowing ourselves to be worked on right uh, in on the spiritual level that yes we can engage in all of these things but but i keep coming back to what you said earlier todd you know the spirit is doing something kind of in the background or or you know an undertone to all of of those activities Mm -hmm. that we can engage in
3: yeah not to sound too cliche but inside out right rather than that outside mm-hmm. in and i think that's where you're we're yeah. kind of both hitting on right here is yeah. this is a different kind of process than we we saw when we talked about physically and, and, and mentally
0: yeah
1: i think re- one of the reasons it is a different process is the trick of the flesh mm. because the, the flesh what it, the flesh is not you know your it's not your actual flesh the the meat and bones it's the the it's the Tendency in a person's soul to want to take over and do whatever the heck we want to do, yeah. Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's that thing in the the garden that crept up and said, "Hey, well, I don't need God. I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to eat of this tree right here, and then boom, I'm good. I'm I'm going to take over." Mm-hmm. It's that problem. I yeah. think is the part problem. It has to be it has to be kept in check because the will says I'm going to show up. And then, as we start showing up, the flesh says, "Yeah, I'm getting this done." It's very, that's where the trap is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I can't help it. The more you've talked, Todd, the more the the movie The Karate Kid just keeps coming back to mind. And Danny LaRusa wanting to learn karate, Mr. Miyagi, like, "All right, sand the deck, you know, paint the fence, wash the car. You need the discipline, but you can sand every deck in California, and you're not going to learn karate. But he learned karate,
2: mm. yeah."
1: Great point.
0: And so it was almost like we sometimes have to be allowed to get ourselves out of our own way. Mm-hmm. And so you show up and you do what feels like the next thing that you're supposed to do. But like you said, there's this thing that seems to be happening in the background that's actually the point. But without the discipline, yeah, you'd never get there in the first place. But it's not the thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it's very tricky, and I, I can get very subtle about these points. And I confuse myself more than anybody listening (laughs) but if i were to bring up the subtle point it is this because we are natural people that don't operate in the spiritual realm well especially as early believers and you know it's it seems to me it's a challenge for god to figure out how to deal with us well because if he in the soul as the flesh is trying to learn to take a lesser and lesser place as your Christian life moves forward. The Spirit's going to take a greater place. The flesh takes a lesser place. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. But early on, the flesh has a major place. Mm-hmm. And so how does God reward you showing up without inflaming the flesh? Right. It's a very tricky problem right. for him, it seems. And so he has to do the thing underneath, you know, like your karate kid, I'm learning these moves even though I didn't realize I'm learning these moves. He has to do it very quietly, but there's a point where it does seem like there's a, a shift that happens. It comes very subtly, so you don't see it happening until all of a sudden you realize, "Oh my gosh, I think I'm actually operating where the spirits mm. more in charge than the flesh now." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, that that is a shift that the flywheel, so to speak, and as it said in what's the book it talks about this recently, whatever the flywheel starts to spin, and it spins very slowly at first, mm. very slowly, yeah. but then once the once your soul clicks into the spirit's got more space, it begins to spin faster and f- and faster, and now the the practice is not tearing you down as much as it is allowing more and more space for the spirit. Mm-hmm. But that's a very subtle transition that can take quite a while it took mm-hmm. me decades
0: yeah yeah
3: and i love the analogy of the karate kid right the whole point of coming down and and doing something that you don't know and then improving in a different area the hard part i have with that analogy is though it's like the practices i know what i'm trying to learn right if if, right. if, if i'm going in and i'm sanding the deck and i know i'm gonna learn karate i'm gonna go sand a lot of uh, decks <laughs> but he didn't know he was learning karate in order to get to that yeah. point and i guess that's how do i find those ways to like we said spiritually challenge ourselves to improve that so i can i can learn my spiritual karate right, right. like mm-hmm. without you know and i think that's where you're coming back with before about taking these small steps and not i guess not always seeing the the bow at the end of every day mm-hmm. and, and yeah. i know we've already said that right but not you know not seeing hey why each one of these steps is until you know further down the road and i think we've even talked about you know in as far as like navigation and where we've where we've come from and you know where we're going to instead of it's not always the the key point of it it's you know right the process right yeah but,
2: and can you can you engage in that process. Are you willing to engage in that process right. without knowing what the outcome is going to be, without knowing really what the roadmap even mm-hmm. looks like, but taking that step out and showing up, right? Absolutely. We have to take that step of showing up.
1: You know, the the scriptures, when there, you may memorize a scripture and you, you think, oh, I know what this means. And then for me, decades later, I would think, I had no idea what it was actually <laughs> saying. <laughs> and and you might take it in a trite way, like taking every thought captive. That's a, that's a common thing that believers are aware. We should take every thought captive. But without... Here's another practice that, that I have made that is definitely related, directly related to practicing the presence. Again, it's the Brother Lawrence book, The Practice of the Presence. You can get it. But the idea is that... Um, and I'll take this from Bill Johnson... There's a book called The Supernatural Power of a Transformed Mind. I heard uh, one of his uh, partners, Chris Vallaton, recently speaking about this, and he was speaking about something Bill had written. The idea was very profound, and I used the idea of the machete. So how these thoughts relate. Take every thought captive and transform mind. If a person has a pathway in their brain, uh, we'll call it an eight-lane road, and this eight-lane road goes from here to the thought of, I don't matter. Mm-hmm. And that eight-lane road was was in their parents. They were born into it, and they've lived with it their whole life. The idea that I don't matter is very, very detrimental. If you become a believer, now it's, I don't matter to God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That eight-lane road, that's not going away by itself. Right, That thing's not just going to leave. So... The, the analogy they have, and I think it's a fantastic one, is at the beginning, you might have to take a machete and bushwhack your way over to the thought that says, God knitted me together in my mother's womb. He was thinking about me long before I ever showed up on the earth, and all the days that were planned for me have been written in, in his book before as yet there were any of them. Mm-hmm. That sounds good, and I hear it quoted, but... You can't repeat that once and expect to turn the place you're let's say you started place A and you end in place B with an eight lane road. Super easy to get to. I matter, I don't matter, I'm worthless. Well, if you're trying to get from A to C where C is God's been thinking about me and prepared a place for me and is and loves me and etc. You might have to bushwhack your through way through. Mm from A to C, and you might have to do it for days, which become weeks, which become months. But after months, you now at least have a footpath and Mm -hmm. there's no more machete. And you keep walking that path. In a year or two, you now believe what your mind originally had to force itself Mm -hmm. to walk towards. And the the weeds start to grow on the eight-lane road because you don't keep traveling that path. That process for a believer, this little idea of take every thought captive, is super important for us to draw near to, to the Father as a person that really is intimately caring about you. So spending the time, wherever you do it, listening to him speak when he speaks it, and he says, hey, this location, the sea place is right, and he starts talking about what is true about you and him and uh, your future, etc., When he he says it to you, it makes it a lot easier to light up and say, ah, I see what C is. Now I'm going to have to engage my will during the day to repeatedly Mm -hmm. remind myself what he said so that I now create an eight-lane road to the truth instead of the place I was born. And that is definitely transformational to a person's life.
2: Yeah.
3: So as I kicked off earlier, as I kind of spoke about, one of the ways that I find growth in in my day-to-day is to be challenged. And so I'm going to throw this out to you, Todd. Is there any way, and even if it's baby steps or even small progressions, on a way that myself or even the listeners that are, are out there listening, all five of them, um, <laughs> that we can find a way to challenge ourselves spiritually this week? And I don't know if you have any tidbits or any pieces of gold that you can kind of pass along and try to improve that way for, for our lives this week.
1: I guess the five listeners will decide if it's gold or not, but <laughs> it's um, I did, I did lift weights to a fault uh, years ago, but. I um, actually tore, a shoulder, tore my shoulder up, showing off. You don't teach people weightlifting. You don't tr- teach a beginner what you teach people who are advanced. Mm-hmm. Multi-joint moves, which you might teach later, you don't teach necessarily right off the bat. I mean, the, there's a, s- a slew of things. you You want to teach beginners, early people, into any practices at the level they're at. Start right. there, and then you move up. Yeah. I haven't pre-thought this, but I'll I'll say in general, I think it's pretty easy to say that if you're not spending time with God in some form, I'll say daily, not as a burden, but as five times a week, you should on some regular basis carve out 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And if you're OCD, you you can start adding time to that. Carve out time because you cannot you cannot change if you're at a and you were born into a pathway that goes to b in your mind i'm worthless nobody cares about me god's just etc 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 you cannot change that by wishing you could change it wow mm-hmm. you you have to set aside some time for him to speak to you even if you don't perceive you hear well read the word mm. and pray and worship you, That is definitely a step that every believer certainly should do. Mm -hmm. If you're doing that and you say, you know what? I've been doing that for X years or whatever. And it's, it's not, it was amazing, but I'm, I'm not as far along as I want to be. I'm aware there's a, a new location. And I'm aware that some people seem to be living in it, even though I'm at A and I want to go to C. I know some people get to C. I, I feel like I'm kind of aware of it now, but I don't really feel like I'm living in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What's after? Do a 20-minute or 30-minute quiet time. Devotions, quiet time. Scripture memory. Mm-hmm. memory. Memorization of scriptures that matter. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. These types of verses start to transform your mind. So scripture memories a really good one. Don't let it become a burden and a law, but it it's a transforming uh, activity. So if I, I you know an intermediate thing would be to do that. I'll say one that is for me that may require you to do. Quiet time first, then scripture memory next. I'm not sure if you can jump straight to this, but the practice of the presence has been life-altering for me Yeah. to the point where two years ago, after practicing the presence, maybe about a year ago, I've been practicing it for almost 10 years now, just to be fair, on and off, not always perfectly. When I got overly obsessed, I'd quit. But I, I've been practicing the presence. What does that mean? it means that on a regular basis every 10 or 15 minutes i would take 1 to 2 seconds and i would mentally remember something that was true that maybe i heard from god by him speaking directly or through the scriptures and i would and i would take it in god cares for me and i would take 1 second i'd remember it every 10 or 15 minutes and that's Again, it's like weightlifting because you don't see – transform. okay, uh, weightlifting. If I do nothing for eight weeks and then I go and I hit it like crazy for eight hours yeah. every day for a week, that's – anyone who's ever weightlifted knows that's stupid. <laughs> 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 that doesn't work. That's not the way it works. You have to put the time in every day, every other day, depending on whether you're doing whatever – Pull and push. Whatever your routine is, you've got to do it regularly because you see no, it's like a tree. You see no growth whatsoever unless you see a tree last year and then this year, right? That's what this is. So practice of the presence, it it is unbelievably transforming, but it's like weightlifting. It has to be done every day a little by little, not blast it one week and then quit that doesn't work that way the practice of the presence though began to transform me so much that I remember one day I was actually I was out um, right before work having a quiet time and I I realized that that bushwhacking from that point A that I had lived in most of my life to being aware there's a point C of God loves and cares about me but at least those people over there but maybe it's not me I knew it should be me I realized I had shown up in sea very gently and subtly mm. and I didn't quite realize it had happened until I was having a quiet time. I was doing a worship song and I realized God loves me.
0: Mm.
1: Now, this wasn't a mental realization. Mm. I'd I'd said that sure. 10,000 times. It just didn't quite sink in. It was my heart. I finally realized the Father loves me. I was... I was completely blown away. Wow. I, I called my wife, and I'm like, honey, you're not going to believe this. I actually feel now that God loves me, and that w- opened a door for my life that really, really accelerated the next stage for me. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for believers. We, we want to say we feel the Father loves us, but mostly we know the Father loves us. Mm-hmm. We struggle to feel The Father cares. So to bring it full circle, you asked about why is it that I've started mentoring young and sometimes older men. It's because the Father has so, I'm not done, but He's so radically restored a sense of His own presence inside of me that and I'm so excited about it. I want everybody to know this view of god the father because the one that people mostly know seems pretty punitive Mm. and ready to strike them down and remembers every sin they've ever i mean this is not the father Mm. Mm -hmm. that that now finally in my heart after decades i've come to know and i want i'm so proud of him Mm. i want everyone to know him
2: that's awesome so good thanks for coming todd this is a fantastic conversation, really. We really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. So guys, I think we've we've kind of ended on on some things. Hopefully encouraged you over the next week or month or so to just pick up one of those baby steps. Whatever is new, uh, as John had mentioned that the quote, whatever's frontier to you to step out and and, and take that next small step. Let us know how that goes. Get in touch with us on Instagram. You can you can DM us strong underscore towers, mm-hmm. on Facebook strong dash towers. Head to our website strong dash towers and just let us know how uh, how you're engaging in this process of spiritual challenge. Um, let us know what that what that step looks like for you. Let us know you know how we can how we can put out more stuff to help you in that journey because it is it is super important. You know, and I think we've kind of shown that today of of how important it is to be able to engage in a process of growth particularly spiritually that is that's different from the way that we normally see challenging ourselves so we really appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, we look forward to what comes next